You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Wastrowski, Aaron Hawksworth with you, and I can see our next guest already chuckling in reaction to that. <laughs> Joining us now on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line is Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ben, we've got to start with this game. It's head-scratching. The Vikings, two-and-a-half-point dogs at the Lions. Which side are you on? I mean, that that's an easy question, I would say. I'm very much on the uh, on the Vikings side of things at this point. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, – there's obviously reasons for both sides, right? And I think that if you're, yeah. your expectation is the, the Vikings are, you know – uh, very much worse than their 10-2 and two record right now. That's already baked into the betting market line, right? They are very much mm-hmm. dogs on the road to a Lions team that, uh, for all intents and purposes, I would still say they are better than, right? So the question is, to me, is, is, is kind of how do, you, how do you quantify these luck elements that people are dinging the Minnesota Vikings for? And, and it is that overstated uh, based on where they're currently power ranked. And, to, and then from my perspective, uh, I think they're a little bit undervalued right now because the betting market does have them as a league average team. I know they've been, you know, above expectation of one score games, but that's that's not necessarily something that we see regress from a week to week matter for every single team. It's more of like a season to season type thing. So I think that, you know, right now uh, the Vikings have been hot from my betting perspective and I'm going to continue to ride with them here this Sunday. As much as I've discussed the luck factor, it's gone too far, man. I mean, are, are you there with me on that, that this has gone way too far? So the betting market is telling us this week that on a neutral field, the Lions are better than the Vikings. I'm right. sorry. The Lions are – because home field is not two and a half. The, the Lions are not better than the Vikings. That's crazy. And the point differential, okay, that's easy to point out, but there's context of a blowout loss to Dallas and a three-score loss to Philadelphia, which throws it off. Like, if if they continue to win, if they get the one in the NFC, they can beat up one of these soft opponents down the stretch, and then all of a sudden that's not a conversation piece because then the right. point differential uh, looks closer, closer to normal. Um, right. The other part that a lot of people, at least in our realm, are not talking enough about is that, the Lions are a lot better. Their defense is getting better. They're finally healthy with Amon Ross St. Brown and Swift. And we saw him on the field more than Jamal Williams last week. And they've won four of five. Like, that's the other part of it. It's not just Vikings uh, have a lot of luck. It's that the Lions are healthy and they're playing well right now. And But, you know, like last week, that, that was one you put in the luck column, right? I mean, Berrios, it's, it's in his hands. He just drops it in the end zone. So... I would put that in some ways in the luck factor, but I also want to look at the situation with, with the, which with the Jets actually arrived at that position, right? Like they were fourth mm-hmm. and 10 from midfield and converted 
in some ways, a low probability one play type outcome to get down into the red zone area, right? And if they don't convert that fourth and 10 as well, like we're, we're completely talking about a, a completely different ending to that game. And I also think there's an element mm-hmm. of teams teams coming back and maybe the expectation is always that they should come back and they should win these games where they are coming from behind. But there is a, there, there is something to be said for teams being ahead in those sorts of situations and, and needing and trying to hold off a team that is frantically coming back. So I think, you know, there, there are obviously very much swingy plays that probably should have got in the Jets way. Uh, but, but I also think, you know, taking that play in context and then, you know, projecting out based on that one thing is is maybe a little bit of an oversight for how we even arrived in that situation. And I know Mike White was really good, and I know the Vikings secondary is really poor. That is something we've, you know, even talked about on the show for the past few weeks. They are very heavily dependent on some big play type turnovers to kind of swing EPA in their direction. But if you remove those, they are probably like a bottom three coverage unit. And, and I think that is the handicap this weekend, right? Kind of like you said, like the, the lines are very much getting healthier. Jared Goff, you know, for, for all of his, uh, you know, difficulties is probably playing at one of the best stages of his career, especially outside of the, you know, the Sean McVay type offense. So uh, I, I'm nervous as a Vikings backer, but I'm still very much, I would say a Vikings backer in this spot. Mm-hmm. Ben Brown of pro football focus with us, Ben, it's a little bit of deja vu um, for Ravens fans. I mean, Last time this year, they were what, like eight and four, first place in the division. The Bengals kind of knocking on the doorstep. And now we see Lamar's banged up. It's probably going to be Tyler Huntley. We don't know for how long. Um, This is an interesting matchup. Uh, Ravens at the Steelers. Um, Ravens two and a half point underdogs in this one. Uh, It's kind of like a two part question. One, do you think this year is different than last in that the Ravens, you know, are a bit healthier than they were last year, might not crumble down the stretch? And then two, which angles do you like in this matchup against the Steelers this week? Yeah, I do think the Steelers are, you know, kind of rounding in a form, I would say, with Kenny Pickett, especially offensively. But they're still not as good, you know, as a Ravens team that we still have as like a top 10 unit. And I think even though Lamar Jackson is, you know, at certain points capable of MVP type performances and and is very much impactful, you know, with his loss against the spread, the the Ravens are a smart enough organization to, I would say, have kind of found a backup that gives them, you know, 75 to 85% of what Lamar Jackson is capable of giving them on any single play. And they very much, you know, catered their offense to still be, you know, efficient and beneficial even without Lamar Jackson in the fold. Because I do think Tyler Huntley, you know, it is very much like a plug-and-play type quarterback in this situation and is not like as significant of a drop-off from a high-end quarterback to his backup as any other team in the NFL. So I think the Ravens are the correct side. I like them more, you know, on the money line than the spread at plus 2.5 right now. But if you're looking at, you know, like a plus 125 uh, price, I think I think Tyler Huntley – uh, can very much get it done uh, against the Steelers team that I'm still not fully bought into right now. Yeah, I'm all about backing the Steelers, but giving the Steelers as an underdog, not not a favorite of two and a half or three. Right. And and the move there, how, with the quarterback changes uh, this week, wow, That I know it's around zero, not all moves are created equal, but from look ahead to current number, we're at a touchdown between Lamar and Huntley and that experience. And uh, I also found it interesting that the the move from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy is three points. Uh, do you think that's accurate? Uh, let's throw another one out there. Non-quarterback. What's going on with uh, Walker with Seattle? Like, it, it, Why did that number move so much? I know it was sharp money coming in at Carolina, but it feels like that's an over-adjustment as well. 
Yeah, I think to the quarterback situation, you know, like from PFF's perspective, we have Lamar Jackson as like six and a half points better than a replacement level quarterback. But I also think Tyler yeah. Huntley, specifically in this Ravens offense, is also a lot better than a replacement level quarterback. So I think moving through, you know, key number three with Baltimore, you know, minus four in the look headline, now Pittsburgh minus two and a half, like the six and a half point swing through three is too much given what I personally believe, you know, Tyler Huntley to be worth. Uh, against the spread as well and kind of filling in for Lamar Jackson. So I still think Baltimore should be, you know, maybe a one-point favorite in this one, if not closer to a pick yeah. in this one. So I do think there is a little bit of value on Baltimore. The, the the Brock Purdy and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo situation, I think is in a lot of ways different, right? Because obviously San Francisco can very much win with, you know, just a guy at the quarterback position. And the argument has always been, you know, how, how much is, is Jimmy Garoppolo actually elevating this offense? And I think in a lot of ways, we're going to find that out. But the concern for me in dropping down to Brock Purdy is, you know, especially in his college performances, there was always the, you know, the 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 the, the really boneheaded type play that cost his team, you know, probably not only like field position and, and a score from, you know, the defensive side of the football, but also just, you know, kind of gave the game away in certain situations. And that didn't happen every single week, but I very much expect that to happen at certain points if San Francisco kind of continues to ride him into the playoffs. And, and that could be at the most crucial point. So although I don't think it's, you know, uh, you know, a huge six-point swing going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, I think in certain situations, especially with the game on the line and him needing to actually make some of these, you know, quality-type accurate throws over the middle, that's going to be the spot where things kind of slip up. So I, I'm concerned about San Francisco specifically. I do think, uh, you, you know, even with Tampa Bay and, and all their warts and, and the Monday night and, and getting, you know, another lucky victory as well. Uh, I, I think Tampa Bay is probably, you know, one of, if not my favorite sides at plus three and a half right now. Okay. Awesome. All right. I'm never interested in backing Russell Wilson and the Broncos, but they are big underdogs this week hosting the Chiefs. Can this Broncos secondary keep it close or is this not even enough points uh, for the Chiefs at minus nine and a half? Yeah, it's it's not enough points for me. I think, you, <laughs> you know, everyone's buried Denver and I think rightfully so. I, I do still, you know, somewhat believe in their secondary, but they couldn't get a stop when they needed to against Tyler Huntley last weekend as well, right? So going up against, uh, you know, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, who I still very much think has, you know, the best pot passing offense in football, uh, I think they're going to show out a little bit here. So nine and a half, probably too wide for me to lay, but uh, there's no way that I can be convinced to back Denver at anything below, you know, like I would say probably a two-touchdown differential right now. All right. I, I'm not trying to break into trends here, but – Man, do favorites dominate last week, straight up and against the spread. And anecdotally, I'd have to look back at it, but it feels like that's been the case for the last six weeks because, you know, I participate in survivor pools and they've been very boring because we don't see these touchdown underdogs uh, winning like we did over the first couple months of the season. Um, do, do you, you mentioned KC, you like that number, and I agree with you there as long as it's, it's out of 10. Uh, do you think we're going to see a number of favorites cover this week and do any stand out? Yeah, I actually do think this is kind of where we, we see teams not necessarily like give up, but we do still, we very much understand where teams are. And I do think we're going to see the good teams kind of continue to push out, you know, and, and extend out from the middle of the pack. So it's weird, you know, when you look at like PFF um, and some of our betting models and those sorts of things, like green line specifically, like we do like a few, you know, heavy minus priced uh, favorites coming up here. We like Philadelphia minus seven. I think they're like minus 320, minus 305, basically on the money line. Like we do show a little bit of value on them and we very rarely show 
uh, you know, heavy favorites as uh, mm. as value opportunities in our betting model. And, and the same thing is actually happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. So although I don't love laying like the big minus price on the money line, uh, I do still think that those two teams can definitely get it done, you know, in a pretty wide spread uh, as well. And if, you know, I know it's a, you know, a kind of a foolish play, one that a lot of people hate on. But if you do want to, you know, maybe maybe there's an option to do some sort of like heavy, heavy favorite money line parlay for those two teams specifically. I think it pays out like yeah. minus 155 or something. I know it's not the greatest feeling. I know I should probably get some hate from gambling Twitter on that one. But uh, it, it's yeah. a spot that I'm actually at least somewhat considering here uh, coming up on Sunday. Well, if you did it last week, as long as you didn't have the Chiefs, you won. No matter what combination you had, that was the only uh, only underdog. Would, would uh, let me follow up quickly? Would you include Cincinnati minus six? Watson did not look good. Zero offensive touchdowns. That was for my Cleveland. next one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, and, and you guys know this. I love the Bengals. I've, I've basically backed them every week until last week with Kansas City. But at some point. And this is more, this is not like a quantitative take or anything like that. But I think given, yeah. you know, where they've, where, what they've gotten through, like, I feel at Let some down. point there's going to be just a little <laughs> bit of a letdown spot, right? Like, I know you can't yeah. quantify it. I know I can't really predict when it's going to happen. But, you know, at, at some point, I think, and, and especially in a divisional game with the Browns, you know, in a lot of ways playing for whatever they have left, basically, um, it, it's a spot where I do think they're probably still going to win, but it might take some Joe Burrow magic at the end. Uh, in order to get them there. So I think that would be the one spot that I'd maybe back off from, at least as far as, you know, laying laying a big price for, you know, a heavy favorite right now. I mean, do you see this as a revenge spot since it seems like the Browns seem to get the best of the Bengals and Joe Burrow? And, you know, we saw that loss on Halloween. Yeah, and that's that's kind of it as well. Like, I think, you know, from from a coaching perspective, like I, I do think still, you know, pretty highly of a guy like Kevin Stefanski. And I think that, you know, in, in scheming situations, especially with teams that he's comfortable with, like he has been ahead of the curve for, uh, more so than a guy like Zach Taylor. And even with, you know, the Bengals, a couple quality victories here and there, I still think there's some some cracks in the foundation with what Zach Taylor brings from, you know, an offensive play calling and decision making and everything else situation. So from that angle, like I, I do still think the Browns might be, you know, the preferred team just given where we've moved with the spread and everything else from the look ahead line. All right, we've got uh, about a minute left. Any other games that you have not hit on? Are, are you willing to lay the six, now 16 and a half? We're back down from 17. Any other uh, sides that jump out? I mean, hey, I mean, if Dallas, Dallas just pummels everyone, right? Dallas pummels everyone. I mean, as a Vikings fan, I know Dallas pummels everyone. I'm, I'm avoiding that game. <laughs> One that I do like, Monday night, I do like the Cardinals here quite a bit. Uh, finally getting healthy, going to have all their weapons back in fold. Patriots are still a team that I don't buy into. Uh, really whatsoever so we've we've seen these cardinals kind of have some weird one blow up game uh i think this is going to be it here on monday night so i like the cardinals plus one and a half plus 110 plus 115 on the money line uh that's that's probably one of my favorite bets here coming up in week 14 as well really quick about 10 seconds do you think jimmy g will be back for the start of the playoffs are you believing it (laughs) <laughs> I, I think if they get to the conference championship game, there's going to be a question on if they should start Jimmy Grapple or not. But until that point, uh, I think it's Brock Purdy or maybe maybe even Josh Johnson here now, uh, you know, at some point in time. XFL, USFL, all, all the other, uh, you know, league legend, basically, I would say. 
All right, that was Ben Brown on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. And tonight we have a beefy 11-game NBA slate. We'll dive into some exciting matchups next. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily.